I ran into a discussion speculating about what might have happened had the partnership with Nintendo and Sony continued on past the Super Nintendo era. Now, I've addressed this before, but uh, for those unaware, back in the Super Nintendo era, Sony had supplied the sound chips that were in the Super Nintendo hardware, and they were working with Nintendo on a CD add-on for the Super Nintendo, much like how the Sega Genesis ended up seeing the Sega CD add-on. Now this discussion brought in a range of comments from different people, um, generally fans of Sony that like to maybe overemphasize or overstate uh, Sony's contribution to the video game industry, which I've discussed before. One of them pertained to uh, philosophical differences in uh, what gaming should be or whatever between Nintendo and Sony that they think that that would form a rift between them over time. I feel that that statement um, supposes that Sony had a philosophy about gaming. Now, yes, for many, many years now, Sony has been um, a console developer and um, has had now we're into the fifth generation of PlayStation. But when you rewind back to the Super Nintendo era, Sony didn't have a philosophy on gaming because they weren't interested in gaming. They were a hardware company that supplied hardware for uh, Nintendo, but they didn't have any interest in going into the industry on their own. As I recall, the idea had been kicked around before at Sony and was shot down, I believe, on more than one occasion. So at that time, Sony would probably have just been perfectly content to continue supplying whatever uh, hardware Nintendo needed without really having a philosophical input as to what direction gaming should take that just simply wasn't sony's role or sony's interest at the time the one comment i'm mainly looking at addressing had suggested that had the partnership between nintendo and sony continued on that sony wouldn't have had the pull to steer the gaming industry towards more adult gamers and even went so far as to say that sony saved the industry now with that uh, statement there the easiest part to tackle first would probably be the concept that sony saved gaming uh, that implies that it needed saving in the first place and at the time by the time they had come into it it was a large already a large and very successful market and it was continuing to grow by the time sony had come along so i don't see where somebody can make the argument that it needed saving now, if somebody knows their gaming history, there is one company that did single-handedly save video gaming, and it wasn't Sony, it was Nintendo, and I've discussed that before. If you rewind back to as far back as the Atari 2600 era, uh, that is when the gaming industry actually officially died, um, mainly uh, from my understanding because there was just so much garbage on the market, and at the time parents didn't really understand or appreciate what was a good game versus a bad game and they would especially like say it's christmas time and they're looking for gifts for their kids they see all these games marked down in a bargain bin and like well heck for the price of one uh game over there i can go to this bargain bin and maybe get my my son timmy five games over here well then when little timmy gets all these craptastic games he's like man gaming sucks I mean, he might not have worded that, it that way, you know, back then especially, uh, but you get what I'm saying. 
So people just lost interest in gaming and the industry pretty much died. I believe it kind of limped along in uh, Japan, but outside of Japan it was pretty much dead. And then when Nintendo had their, super, their uh, original Famicom, which later became the NES in the United States, uh, they took a gamble on trying to take that beyond the borders of Japan over to North America, you know, to the rest of the world to um, get gaming, um, people interested in gaming again. And it was a huge gamble on their part. At the time, all the experts thought it was a lost cause. There was no conceivable way that gaming could ever take off again. But Nintendo made it work. Um, by one miracle or another, were able to do the impossible and resurrect a dead industry that people thought was a lost cause. Now, to reiterate, Nintendo did that, not Sony. When Sony finally came into the industry, it was not at all a dead industry. It was a very successful and growing industry. But what about the suggestion that Sony had steered gaming towards um, more of an adult market? I don't believe that that's an entirely fair statement either. I feel the logic would suggest that uh, simple passage of time would attribute to at least uh, some of the shift towards adult gamers in the industry as gamers grew up over time. Um, gamers that were kids in the 80s, by the time, by the mid-90s, when PlayStation really came around, uh, those kids would then be teenagers. And teenagers in the 80s would, by the mid-90s, uh, be adults. And then assuming that most of those haven't lost interest in gaming, you know, those kids that grew up with gaming are now adult gamers, while we see the addition of newer, younger gamers coming in as well, so the industry would just naturally grow over time. Now, did we see an increase in how many gamers there were in the PlayStation era? Well, yes. Uh, the original PlayStation marked the first time that a game console had seen sales of 100 million units. But it's not like that was 10 times or even 4 times the sales that we'd seen in the past before the PlayStation came along. Uh, the original Nintendo Entertainment System from back in the 80s had seen sales of, I think, a little shy of 62 million units off the top of my head. And that was a console from a couple decades earlier. Now, the Super Nintendo didn't sell quite as many units as the original Nintendo Entertainment System, but by then there was more competition as well. Uh, the Super Nintendo sold uh, 49 million units, and the Sega Genesis, I think, was around 31 million units. And, of course, bearing in mind that Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis uh, took play, um, existed uh, beside one another at the same time. Some people had both. Uh, a lot of people only had one or the other. But besides the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis, we started to see other uh, challengers coming into the market as well with uh, varying degrees of success or maybe unsuccess. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, Atari Jaguar, uh, the Panasonic 3DO, uh, the Philips CDI, which resulted in a failed partnership with Nintendo just the same as the failed partnership between Nintendo and Sony resulted in the PlayStation. So the market did seem to be growing and was trying to expand even without Sony coming in. But here we're talking about a time of transition 
from the older style of video games to uh, brand new styles of games that weren't really possible before as the hardware started to get more powerful and more capable to where we could really uh, really dabble with um, some 3D gaming, you know, with 3D rendered polygons, uh, models of characters and the environments um, as the systems became more capable of better audio and uh, we we're starting to see more voice acting and more uh, CD quality music. Um, this transition period into a different era of gaming uh, different styles of uh, what video games are and could be uh, might have uh, brought in adult gamers that might not have been interested in the past with complete disregard for Sony. But I feel like this assertion that uh, Sony brought in adult gamers is based on the assumption that video games wouldn't have ever matured and seen more adult-oriented gaming had Sony not brought the PlayStation to the market. It seems to assume that Nintendo would have forced everything to stay more kid-friendly and that we wouldn't have ever seen more adult-oriented games ever come to the market, and I don't think that's accurate. I mean, yes, admittedly, Nintendo did have a history of not being big on, you know, more adult, more graphic uh, content. Uh, we've really seen that uh, popular... Um, Famously with the Super Nintendo when uh, the original Mortal Kombat hit the scene uh, The big draw um, What the big takeaway that people had with Mortal Kombat what really stood out to it was the over-the-top violence and gore uh, Blood splattering everywhere people getting dismembered body parts flying everywhere and uh, Nintendo is famously not keen on drawing all that gore to the Super Nintendo so the original Mortal Kombat was heavily censored. You didn't see any blood at all. It was replaced with sweat, basically with a palette swap, and some of the gore was edited out. But they relented, and subsequent Mortal Kombat games were allowed to have their full violence and gore, over-the-top gore, blood splattering and spraying everywhere. Um, so things were changing, and Nintendo was uh, releasing their tight grip on what could and couldn't be on the Nintendo Entertainment well, the Nintendo systems. Over the years, Nintendo has even published a handful of mature-rated titles themselves directly. Uh, not very many, uh, maybe like five, something like that. But nevertheless, they've done it. Um, but fast forward to today on uh, Switch, which is their most recent console, uh, there's several mature-rated uh, games on there. Uh, Grand Theft Auto is uh, one of the big ones back in the early days of the PlayStation, and Grand Theft Auto is playable on Switch now. Um, the Witcher 3, off the top of my head, is one that's got a fair bit of adult content in it, not just coarse language, you know, vulgar language, um, but also nudity and sex. So based on stuff like that, it seems like even had PlayStation never came to the, onto the scene, uh, we would probably still see mature themed video games released just not for PlayStation. Now granted they might have came a bit slower than they would have with PlayStation being available but it seems to like it inevitably would have happened sooner or later. And of course Nintendo wasn't the only console on the market uh, before PlayStation blew up. Um, there was other people trying to come into the market and Nintendo had a direct and 
a very successful competitor in Sega and I would think that if PlayStation hadn't come along that uh, Nintendo and Sega probably would have continued there to be the big two um, sparring um, trying to you know have their dominance in the market and of course Sega was always willing uh, more uh, willing to have the more mature themed stuff that Nintendo did whereas you know Nintendo used to be a little bit more reluctant but at the very least uh, they should have had some push from competition from Sega to lighten up and accept more uh, mature content to stay competitive but now if you look at the hardware it's been quite some time since Nintendo's really had hardware that was directly competing with the other major consoles and looking at Switch as a current example, it doesn't have the latest Grand Theft Auto games. It has some of the older ones because it probably wouldn't be able to run um, the more recent ones, at least not without heavily watering them down. I was actually surprised that they got The Witcher 3 to run on it, but they had to uh, water down the visuals quite a bit. But I can't help but wonder if that might have been a, um, very different had PlayStation not come onto the scene and really dominated the market if it was really back to Nintendo versus Sega I just wonder if Nintendo would have continued to compete directly um, for uh, you know a more powerful uh, platform with more capable hardware um, the last time that they really directly competed with the other guys was GameCube uh, with GameCube it was actually quite a bit more capable and powerful than the PlayStation 2 not quite as much as the Xbox, but it definitely had some very solid hardware in there and uh, produced some very impressive visuals for the time. But it seemed like as it got to where it was evident that Xbox and PlayStation were the dominant platforms that had the majority, uh, had the most um, players and maybe more of the mature players, Nintendo seemed to decide to go down a different road and try their own unique uh, approach to gaming that differed quite a bit from the other guys but had PlayStation especially not come uh, into the scene uh, I just wonder if they wouldn't have went down the same route that they have with the uh, Wii and now the Switch but had PlayStation not been part of the picture and it was just Nintendo and Sega I still think adult gamers would have been interested in consoles in the absence of PlayStation um, by the turn of the millennium, I was in college, and I remember several of the adults in my college going on excited about Dreamcast, the Sega Dreamcast. The Sega Dreamcast came out um, after the original PlayStation and before PlayStation 2. It was preceded by the Sega Saturn, which did not do very well. It sold maybe about 9 million units or so. And the Sega Saturn was a direct uh, successor to the Sega Genesis, which was Sega's most successful uh, game console. Now, the Dreamcast ultimately didn't become any more successful than the Sega Saturn, but in the early days, it seemed like it was promising. As of the point that it came onto the scene, um, we really only had from Sony the original PlayStation and bearing in mind that we had a period of uh, would-be contenders come and go, 
Um, now, of course, the PlayStation was quite a bit more successful than the other wannabes. But as of that point, it was so far their one and only console. And then Dreamcast comes along from Sega, who had a much longer history in the video game industry, including a couple of generations earlier, uh, the very successful Sega Genesis. And I knew lots of adults at college that were playing the Dreamcast and come into school talking about Dreamcast this and Dreamcast that and how awesome it was and the awesome games for it. Unfortunately for the Sega Dreamcast, it seemed like that um, its time in the spotlight was cut short by the announcement of the upcoming PlayStation 2. It seemed like as soon as that announcement dropped, all interest in Dreamcast just died and Sony stole their thunder. Um, people anticipated, um, excited about the upcoming PlayStation 2. But had that announcement not been made, had there not been a PlayStation 2, uh, people seemed to be very enthusiastic about the Dreamcast. And I mean adults were very enthusiastic about the Dreamcast. So I don't think it's fair to say that it was up to Sony to make adults interested in video games. And of course, prior to PlayStation, Sega was Nintendo's direct competitor, the one that really poked and prodded. It was a thorn in Nintendo's side. And it was kind of their fault that Nintendo was kind of backed into a corner and had to lighten up on their restrictions on what kind of content could be in their games and it seems conceivable that that would continue in this hypothetical uh, world of just Nintendo versus Sega without PlayStation. The PlayStation didn't really do anything remarkable it just happened to be at the right place at the right time to really uh, capitalize on the new direction that the industry was taking but I'm sure had it not been there, it would have been more about Nintendo versus Sega. And that the adult games would still have come, just not because of PlayStation. And that the adult gamers still would have been there, regardless of whether or not there was a PlayStation.